Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 17, I believe. Just check for sure. No, episode 18, okay. And it is uh, Thursday, July 20, July 30th at 9.37 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, I just want to briefly begin um, by mentioning that I, I just finished a book um, by a woman named Deborah McKenzie, who's a, a health science reporter who's been covering pandemics, epidemics, um, contagious diseases for about 30 years. And uh, it's a good book. You know, um, one thing that's good about it is she goes toward the end um, to describing, you know, what has to happen. In other words, like the point she makes is that um, it has to be, a, this has to be a global effort, not just to contain the coronavirus right now, but to prevent future ones. You know, it's like with climate change, for example, um, let's say we did everything that um, we needed to do, but China didn't that wouldn't be enough. Or if China did everything they could and we didn't, that wouldn't be enough. Um, same with Europe and, and, and yeah, other parts of the world. Uh, so with this, yeah, it's like, we will need to ensure that, um, that the world is working together, you know, as if, as if like, like, like an alien, you know, an alien force came down from, from from outer space to invade us, and we'd have to like you know band together as a human species to defend ourselves. Um, I guess you know this is kind of like an alien species. This this virus, you know, instead of coming from without, it's coming from within. Um. So anyway, so that you know, but I mentioned that book also to note a glaring, glaring um, omission. And, and she, she wouldn't be alone in this. Like the omission is probably ubiquitous among people who, who research pandemics, research how to overcome them. Basically, you know, their answer is, well, we need to come up with better vaccines and we need to, once we get the eventual pandemics, contain them better, you know? And yeah, that, that's, that's important. But what they all miss is that that's not enough. That's not enough. I mean, in 20 perhaps years, 10 or 20, perhaps longer, I mean, it's a difficult challenge. We may be able to develop a universal vaccine or a series of universal, near universal vaccines that work on, on any and all strains of, of virus and bacteria. You know, that, that would be, that's the holy grail of this. But again, we're, we're probably 10 to 20 years away from that. So, and, and so these, these science writers should understand that um, what they should be talking about is that, um, you know, the, these pandemics are zoonotic. They, they, they mention that, but they don't take the leap of, of saying, well, the only way, the only real way we're going to be safe from these future pandemics is to transition from farming animals, whether it's family farms or industrial farms, 
to either going vegan, not eating meat, dairy, and eggs at all, or you know, rely on cellular agriculture, on cultured meat, cultured um, cell cultured food products, which is what this series is about. You know, um, I hold out the hope that, that we can um, summon up the, uh, the conscience, the intelligence to understand that our best course is to stop eating animals altogether, uh, with or without the, this new cellular agriculture technology. But, um, but, you know, playing it more realistically, more safe, you know, we really um, need to scale up that research. All right, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm reading another book um, and I just wanted to briefly mention, because it's a good book, it's, um, it's called Deadliest Enemy by Michael T. Osterholm. And um, this book is, I mean, this guy, like, you know, the woman, Deborah um, McKenzie, was a reporter. This guy's a doctor. This guy's an epidemiologist, a researcher who's been researching this for 30 years or so. And so, you know, I'll, I'll give you some more information as I go through it. Basically, he's making the point that I just made that, you know, this has to be a global effort, you know, just like with, um, with trade. You know, if, if people in Africa, for example, are too poor and disadvantaged to be able to buy products, you know, cooperate in the uh, global economy, that doesn't serve them or doesn't serve anyone. Um, and he makes the point that yes, th this has to involve the whole world. If some countries are too poor to afford the kinds of um, the kinds of institutions, mechanisms, strategies that are necessary to prevent pandemics, including transitioning from meat to either veganism or um, cellular agriculture then we in the, in the rich countries are, are obligated, you know, morally obligated to, uh, to help them. It's not just a matter of moral obligation. It's a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of understanding, again, that they, um, they can infect the entire world just like Asia did, you know, China. Um, and we can, we can start pandemics here. I mean, so, all right, so, but, um, so with this guy, Osterholm, um, he also has an excellent podcast. Um, you can get it on Spotify. So it's a free podcast. Um, so yeah, and the, guy, the guy's smart. He's smart and he's courageous. He, he was actually first involved in AIDS. He was telling people, you know, 20 years before they finally did it, that that you needed to test people for AIDS. You know, AIDS, you know, has killed over 20 million people. That's a pandemic. Don't, most people don't talk about it in that way, but, you know, he was involved in that. Um, so was Fauci, by the way. He was, you know, these guys. Um, and, and since then, you know, they've been warning us over and over and over that these, these um, pandemics are a major, major risk. Bill Gates has been warning us. A lot of people have been warning us. And, uh, I think finally we're gonna begin to listen. Um, all right, so, um, 
So, yeah, the, the, the main point is um, that we need to start thinking about overcoming, not just overcoming this pandemic. I mean, we have to do two things at once. We have to like, we have to do more to overcome this pandemic and we have to um, do much, much more, you know, to, um, to ensure that we never have another pandemic like this. That's, that's, that's what our collective goal is. And then in terms of uh, containing the current pandemic, you know, you have to understand that, um, you know, initially the epicenter was in Wuhan in, in China, okay? But they did what they needed to do and they did it effectively and they contained the virus. Uh, that's when the, the epicenter moved to New York and had, um, had Trump you know, done what he should have done of, um, of basically you know, enacting a war powers authority to ensure that there was enough testing, there were enough masks, there was enough equipment, enough ventilators, enough contact tracing. You know, had he done that when he should have back in March, tens of thousands of people that are now dead would have still been alive. You know, so, so in terms of containing this pandemic so that we're not living through this for two, three, four years, which is possible, um, we, need to, we need to launch a war on, on Donald Trump. You know, that essentially, you know, in November, we need to, to, to have such overwhelming power in the elections, such an overwhelming victory that, that he and people who followed him because, of, because they're either cowards or idiots um, no longer have the power to, uh, to threaten and kill us, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and you know, this isn't done, again, because, because of Trump's refusal to respect science because of his unbelievably selfish preoccupation with getting reelected um, at whatever cost, and the cost has been tens of thousands of lives. This, this, this pandemic now um, is strengthening in the United States and it may, you know, other other countries that had contained it, you know, are now seeing resurgences. So, and, and a lot of it, you have to believe, is coming from the United States. Whereas, like this originally came from China, now it seems that like most global resurgences, infections um, are coming from the United States. And this is, you know, this is the nature of, of our air travel, of our business. You know, people are just traveling. Uh, continent to continent, you know. Um, but again, you know, so that's, that's the battle we need to wage now, you know. And, and, and you know, don't, don't, um, don't conclude that there's not much that you can do. I mean, like, you need to demand the, the media cover this more and cover the political aspects, you know, just like, just really, lean into, into Trump, just, just nail him on, on just like, you know, continue, continuing to refuse to do what's necessary.
you know, it's not that he didn't do what, what was necessary in March. He still refuses to, to do what's necessary. He, he's, he's been seen, I think, wearing a mask only twice, you know. Um, and he's made so, so many um, misleading, false, deceitful statements about the, the crisis that, uh, you know, he, he's like, he's, he, he's really the danger. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like this coronavirus is, is, is his weapon in a way. Um, so, so again, that, that's what we need to do for now. Um, we're about, you know, under four months before an election to, to just get rid of him, you know, in, in a powerful, powerful way. But that's, you know, that's just the beginning, you know. Um, and then we have to wait, you know, naturally a couple more months until um, Biden, I suppose, is in. And, and that's when the real work begins. So starting, I, I suppose, January 20th, 2021, you know, we need to ensure that, um, fine, Trump didn't talk about, you know, these, these farmed animals being uh, a major source of, of um, future pandemics, you know, nobody's really talking about it. Um, but we need, to, we need to make sure that the Biden and, and his people get this. Um, and, you know, like, it's not like Biden and those other guys are angels, you know, I mean, like, fine, they're not nearly as, as, as horrible as Trump. You know, that's hard, that's really hard. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, way too many of them are just like, like Trump, they're, they're interested in, in getting reelected. And they don't want to offend the, the dairy industry and the beef industry, the cattle industry. You know, so, um, so they don't want to, um, they don't want to tell you the truth because of that, you know. Um, you've begun to, if you, if you, um, looked at the news, you've begun to see articles connecting, you know, pandemics like this to the farming of animals, you know, especially to the factory farming. Um, there's a good number of articles out there, but they haven't been focused on that much by the New York Times or the Washington Post, CNN, you know, NPR, PBS, these are, these are the, the media outlets that, um, that need to push this. You know, again, they're, they're, they're um, you, may, you may think they're kind of like, you know, middle of the road or liberal, but now they're, they're very corporate in, in, when it comes to things like this. They don't want to upset the, uh, this economic order where a lot of people are invested in, in this livestock industry. Um, the, the livestock industry, incidentally, is worth about 1.3 trillion, which is about three times the value of the cell phone industry. So that's a major, major industry. And again, our, our politicians, our media are, are just being cowardly, you know, just, just like those of you who, who eat meat and, and, and dairy and, um, and eggs are in denial, refuse to, to, to face the fact that in order to, for you to eat those products, you know, 70 plus billion animals each year have to suffer horrible lives. You know, just like you're refusing to face that, these politicians 
are refusing to meet their responsibility to um, to learn, to better understand um, what's necessary to to be as safe as possible, realistically, from future pandemics, and then to to promote this this strategy. Um, again, I have um, I've talked about the fifty billion dollars that we should begin spending January 21st or 22nd. I don't know when the inauguration is, but um, this isn't something you want to wait a year or two to start spending. You want to spend this money right now. And again, $50 billion may seem like so much to you, but consider that it's one half of 1%, maybe less actually, of the $8 trillion that we're predicted by the Congressional Budget Office to ultimately spend to contain this coronavirus. I mean, it's the, the height of folly. You know, it, it couldn't be more stupid for, for us to, to not make that investment in our future. So, um, so that's the main message. We have this, this, this way, you know, God has provided this, us this way, this, this strategy this new technology that, that can allow us to close down the farms, that allow us to, to just end the farming of animals and still be able to eat hamburgers and, 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 and turkey and chicken and, and hot dogs and sausage and whatever we want, and, you know, milk and, and, and eggs and dairy. We, we can do that. Um, but we need, to, um, we need to do it as soon as, soon as we can. Um, some people, you know, and the reason we need to do it as soon as we can is because there is a great misconception that these pandemics are rare events. You know, again, the, 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 ma the, the major misstatement was that they are, they are one in 100 year events, referencing the, the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed now they say between 50 and 100 million people. Um, but, you know, the problem is that, you know, we've had pandemics. That, uh, AIDS was a pandemic in the 80s, and there was a pandemic in 57 and 68. And, you know, in the 2000s, we've had you know, Ebola and Zika and Mars and SIRS, and, and these pandemics are growing, you know. And I mean, if you want to play Russian roulette, roulette with your life, with the life of your kids, life of, of, you know, the civilization, hey, that's, you know, then, you know, you just continue on the path you're on, you know, keep eating the, the, the meat and, and then dairy and all, and don't, you know, don't look at this. And yeah, and, 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 um, and we'll live, we'll live in, in dread. You know, we'll, we'll live in dread of the next one. And, and it doesn't seem like we've been that lucky. So um, this may seem hyperbolic, but no, it, it's just, it's just so, it's so prudent, you know? Um, what needs to be done and what can be done is to spend one half of 1% of what we'll be spending to address this um, pandemic to within a few short years, create a world safe from, from pandemics, you know, as safe as possible, which is probably 99 plus percent safe. Um, 
and naturally, you know, this, this is going to be, have to be um, a major, like a global Manhattan project. You know, every country in the world is going to have to be involved. And that means that, you know, every country in the world is going to have to be cooperating with each other. We're going to have to like lay down our, our, our selfish, you know, interests, nationalist interests, and start considering our, our global population as a whole. Um, and that, you know, that, that's certainly necessary for climate change. And it might be this, that this is a blessing in the skies. Um, it may be that the climate change is so much more threatening, but, you know, that threat doesn't really kick in all that much until perhaps 2050. Um, so it may be that this is a wake-up call. Maybe, maybe this is God's way of, of, of motivating us to, to finally unite in a very constructive world as, way as a world, as a global population, to battle this coronavirus. And as we succeed with that, we'll have the mechanisms, we'll have the communication portals and the strategies, the cooperation that then will allow us to, to successfully um, begin to, to seriously fight climate change. Um, all right, uh, yeah, all right, so like, I seem to be indicting you in a way, and again, like if you heard, I don't know if it was last night's episode or the night before, I went in depth into the, uh, this question that like, hey, don't blame yourself. This is not your fault, you know, even, even, and even those of you who, who eat meat and dairy and eggs, I'm like, you know, you, you, know you're, you're, you were born into this country where everybody eats meat and dairy and, and eggs and nobody's saying how evil it is. And, and people like, you know, they, they learn about the factory farms, but Nobody talks about it. The media doesn't talk about it. The, the, the politicians don't talk about it. So you kind of assume, well, they must, you know, they're our experts. They must know, it, you know, it may seem evil. It may be, it may seem really cruel, but, you know, if it really was, then, 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 these, um, then these people would uh, be talking about it, you know. And naturally the answer to that is that, well, no, these people that should be talking about it are evil. And, and again, it's not like it's their fault either. They're, they're born into the same like competitive world where, uh, where it's more important to achieve personal success, you know, than to, uh, to do the right thing. It's more important to, to, to go with the flow, to just, you know, to not rock the boat. <laughs> to, um, so, um, so, but no, it's important for you to understand that it's really not your fault because to the extent you believe it's your fault, you're going to blame yourself and that indictment's going to be too much for you to handle. You're going to run away from it. You know, you're going to hide from it. You're going to be in denial of it, just like so many people are in denial of climate change. And, um, and you'll be inactive. You, you won't do anything. You know, you, you won't, you won't stop eating animals. You don't, you won't, acknowledge and understand how how important it is for you to stop eating those animals stop buying these products from people who are who are literally uh torturing in many cases the uh, these animals and and who are you know who are just maintaining perpetuating the conditions 
that lead to pandemics, that will inevitably lead to future pandemics um, until, until we, we develop these new food products, if we don't want to go vegan or until we develop a vaccine, which again may be 10 or 20 years out. And again, it doesn't seem like we're that lucky. Um, that um, I mean, it, we may be that lucky, but uh, does it? It feels like playing, playing Russian roulette to think that oh yeah, we'll just like we'll rely on on just it probably won't happen, you know? It just um, it probably you know it, it's too too dire to happen. No, I think this 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 virus is just um, informing us that. Um, you know, bad things have happened before. You know, World War II was really bad. The Civil War was really bad. World War I. Um, we've had uh, famines. I mean, Africa has been devastated, you know, in so many ways. There's a lot of suffering that, that many of us have been shielded from. And from a theological perspective, it seems that, you know, We've been spoiled. You know, we, we, we've lived such privileged, comfortable lives that we've lost both our sense of responsibility and compassion. You know, we're too busy trying to succeed at whatever we're trying to succeed with for a personal gain, for the gain of our family. Yeah, we love our wife and kids or our family, whatever, but, um, but that love doesn't extend to, uh, even, even, you know, those of us within our country, we're too busy working for a personal gain to, to responsibly, effectively address situations like this. All right, so the message today is, um, think about this. You know, if it's too early for you to really um, think about what we need to do to prevent future pandemics. Keep watching, keep learning, and perhaps in a few months, half a year, who knows, then perhaps you and the rest of the country and the world will be ready to take the next step of, of, of taking these actions. All right, well, it is, um, we have about one minute and 20 seconds left. So um, catch this series every Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on White Plains Community Media, channel 76 if you get Optimum, channel 45 if you get Verizon. And um, the episodes are all on YouTube. You know, share them however you want. And again, I'm going to continue with the same message over and over. I'll say it in a thousand ways if I need to, you know, um, because I think you'll get it. I think eventually, you know, if I say it enough, you know, you and other people will get it and we'll start doing the right thing. So um, look for a book on, on pandemics. Look for a book on, on um, viruses, on, on influenza, on what these are about these things are about, um, or just Google it. There are articles on, you know, learn about it. Learn, learn how they get created, how they get started, and then you'll understand the reason for this series and to end um, Animal Farm. Okay, next one.
과정. 